The Syrian uprising began in the context of a transnational regional uprising that was known by many as the Arab Spring. And this was an uprising um, against uh, both the authoritarian aspects of the Assad regime, the lack of political freedoms, the lack of political pluralism. It was also an uprising against the economic injustice that people were facing, the neoliberal economic reforms that Bashar al-Assad had implemented and the crony capitalism and corruption that existed, which had um, strengthened the, the Assad elite and, uh, and a small section of his family and loyalists and impoverished a large section of the population. So in 2011, people went to the streets calling for freedom, dignity and social justice. And the response of the state was extremely brutal. Those peaceful protesters, which included men and women from all of Syria's different sects and religious groups, um, the state's response um, was gunfire and uh, many people were arrested. And as you know, tortures widespread in Syria's prisons. So very soon, this brutal response of the state caused that revolutionary movement to spread. At the beginning um, of 2011, people were not originally calling for the downfall of the regime. They were calling for reforms, uh, things like um, a prisoner release, uh, political pluralism, freedom of the press. But because of the state's brutality, those protests spread and very quickly turned to calls for revolution. There have been many different analyses, understandings, interpretations of why war broke out in Syria. It seems every commentator has their own theory. Some see the war through the prism of Western intelligence agency manipulation of the pro-democracy protests. Others concentrate on sponsorship by the Gulf states of Salafi militias like Jaish al-Islam, viewing the war essentially as a proxy conflict between Saudi Arabia and Iran. Others still believe the democratic character of the opposition to Assad in the form of the Free Syrian Army and local coordination committees has been neglected and ignored. What is your view of the fundamental dynamics, uh, the basic causes and contours of the war? Who is fighting whom and why? I think the fundamental factor driving this uh, war is the social war on the ground, which is what's overlooked. The war between the state and its civilian population and those that took up, up, up took up arms as response as a response to the state's abuse they took up arms in order to protect protesters and defend their communities from the state's assault of course when you have a situation of armed conflict you will have um the entry of a whole host of actors uh, and that certainly happened in the syrian case so many different countries and different powers have become involved. On the regime side, um, the main support has come from Russia and Iran. Um, Iran has tens of thousands of Iranian-backed Shia militia on the ground. And on the other side, um, the, the, the fighting forces um, were supported um, to different degrees by different states. Um, the, the, the West gave some support, mainly rhetorical support, um, to the opposition and did provide limited weaponry to some um, armed groups, free army groups um, inside Syria. And the Gulf states backed their respective powers as well. Often quite sectarian and um, extremist groups were backed by Gulf states. 
So you do have a proxy war that's happening in Syria and you have the entry of all these powers, but that doesn't negate the fact that there's also a social war on the ground in any major conflict um, or revolutionary situation. States will interfere and try to control the revolutionary energy and ensure that the outcomes are in their interest. Amid all the acrimonious divisions and debates on the Syrian war, one of the most disturbing aspects, it seems to me, is the marginalisation of the Syrian people, whether cast as refugees or jihadists or Assad apologists. Ordinary Syrians have been swept aside, their voices and struggles and hopes and dreams largely silenced, even by much of the Western left. It's a question that answers itself in a sense, but how important is it that we make an effort in the West to actually pay attention to what the Syrian people themselves are telling us? Well, we need to examine the actual reality on the ground and not approach Syria through these grand narratives. Um, As you correctly said, much of the approach to Syria has been viewing it either through the lens of a proxy war or through the lens of transnational jihadists groups or through the lens of the humanitarian crisis. What that neglects is the civil society actors um, that are on the ground and the vast majority of people that feel neither represented by the Assad regime or by Islamist extremist groups. So over the course um, of the past few years, you've had a massive revival of civil society, which just didn't exist in Syria prior to 2011. You have a whole range of groups, human rights monitoring groups, women's rights groups, humanitarian groups. You also had people coming together in their communities to self-organize and to self-organise their communities when the regime uh, withdrew or was pushed out. So, for example, you had the establishment of local communities, which were were an attempt by local communities to keep um, the services in their communities functioning, such as water supply, electricity, education, healthcare. And they set up local councils to manage this. And many of those local councils have been democratically elected. This is the untold story of the Syrian revolution and war, that in the midst of this awful conflict, in the midst of a situation where Syrians are being bombed by their own government, by numerous other governments, and have been subjected to all these extremist groups trying to co-opt their struggle, you have people in the middle of that practicing democracy today. And that's something Syrians haven't been able to do for four decades. It's an achievement that should have been supported um, and sadly hasn't been. Leila, there's of course been an awful lot of mainstream media focus in recent weeks on Russia's military involvement in Syria, the Assad government's alleged chemical weapons attack in Douma and British, French and American airstrikes on apparently empty chemical weapons plants. Again, there's a lot of confusion and division as to where people should stand on this series of events. What is your assessment of the Western powers' response to Assad's alleged chemical weapons attack? Should I even be using the words alleged? And and is the Western bombing in any way justifiable? My approach is that um, we should oppose all intervention, um, And the issue, I think, for a lot of Syrians is that when the Western left has opposed intervention, it's only opposed the US intervention in Syria when it's targeted Assad military uh, facilities. So, for example, um, the recent protests were a response to uh, military strikes on what was an empty chemical weapons plant. But no one has been protesting the fact that the US has been bombing Syria since 2014. In the name of the war on terror, it completely devastated 
the city of Raqqa. Only um, somewhere like a thousand civilians lost their lives and 80% of the city has been destroyed. But no one's been protesting that intervention. So from a Syrian perspective, this um, slogan, hands off Syria, appears much more like hands off Assad, because it's only when Assad regime facilities are targeted um, that there seems to be opposition to that. The other problem that we've seen is that the greatest intervention in Syria today has been from Russia and Iran in support of the regime. Russia's been carrying out murderous bombing raids. It's been using uh, internationally prohibited weapons such as white phosphorus on civilian targets, targeting hospitals. Iran has many Shia militia now occupying parts of the country and no one has been protesting this intervention. So if we really want to um, stop the war on Syria, we should be asking for all foreign actors um, now to leave to leave the country and not add more fuel to the fire. Finally, Lada, there's a great deal more we could discuss and we'd love to have you back on the show. But what is the best way for people to provide solidarity to the people of Syria? What form might an anti-war movement, uh, for instance, might take in the West? Well, given the extent of um, the many actors now involved in this war, I don't really have faith um, in the organisational capacity of the left to stop that, although that doesn't mean that we should that we shouldn't um, call for all foreign uh, actors to to stop bombing Syria. But what we can do is really stand in solidarity um, with Syrians who are suffering oppression and Syrian communities and Syrian civil society organisations. And the calls from civil society organisations that we can get behind have been pretty consistent since 2011. They've called for an end to the bombing of civilians and the use of prohibited weapons. They've called for an end to the starvation sieges and humanitarian access. They've called for freedom for political prisoners. And they've also called for accountability for all actors that have committed war crimes in Syria. And also increasingly, we're seeing calls for an end to forced displacement um, as Assad is moving oppositional communities um, off their land and out of their homes. So these are the calls that we should all be able to get behind, regardless of our position on whether um, inter US military intervention is now required to protect civilians or not. 